Welcome to Looking for Lincoln Stories, a podcast about people, events, and places of Abraham Lincoln's life and times. These narratives of real-life events paint a picture of the vibrant history of the Abraham Lincoln National Heritage Area. This episode is entitled, Father Augustus Tolton, the nation's first black priest. Augustus Tolton pursued the priesthood despite facing prejudice and many obstacles. Formerly enslaved, Tolton's life was one of hardship and selfless service to humanity and God. This episode is narrated by Springfield, Illinois actors Tony Young and Kevin Ford. Then I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send, and who will go for us? And I said, Here am I, send me. Isaiah chapter 6, verse 8. There are 11 Americans recognized as saints by the Catholic Church. All of them are white. But a man from Quincy who was forced by 19th century prejudice in his own country to pursue his priestly studies in Rome, only to be sent back to minister to the people who shunned him because of his skin color, is on a path to become the nation's first black saint. Father Augustus Tolton was born into slavery in Missouri. As a boy, he fled with his family to Illinois and had to fight his entire life for acceptance not only by his fellow citizens, but by his brothers and the clergy. Tolton had a short and distinguished career in the ministry and improved the lives of hundreds of his congregants in Quincy and Chicago. He was the nation's first black priest. But is that enough to make him St. Augustus? There is neither Jew nor Gentile, neither slave nor free, nor is there male and female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. Galatians chapter 3, verse 28. Augustus Tolton's father, Peter Paul Tolton, was sold as an infant at a slave auction in Hannibal, Missouri. He was baptized a Catholic, the faith practiced by his owners in Rawls County, Missouri. From a young age, Peter Tolton worked in the fields and in his owner's distillery. One day, Peter heard the screams of an enslaved woman in a nearby farm field. He ran to her aid and found Martha Jane Chisley rocking the limp body of a boy who had died of exhaustion while working in the summer heat. Peter returned frequently to Martha, and love blossomed. The two were married in a small wooden church near their owner's farm at Brush Creek, Missouri in spring, 1859. Peter and Martha Tolton had three children, all of them born into slavery. They included the oldest, Charles, a daughter, Anne, and the middle child, Augustus, 
who was born on April 1st, 1854. All three children were raised Catholics, the religion of their owners. Family patriarch Peter fled from bondage in Missouri in 1861, and his family never saw him again. Records indicate that he joined the Union Army in 1863, shortly after President Abraham Lincoln issued the Emancipation Proclamation. He died of disease several months later, and his wife Martha, years later, was allowed to draw half of his soldier's pension. In 1863, Martha and her children fled from Missouri. They were stopped by Confederate sympathizers, but soon rescued by Union soldiers. Following that rescue, Martha and her children made their way to Quincy and freedom in Illinois by crossing the Mississippi River alone in a dilapidated rowboat. By that time, Quincy had earned a reputation as a haven for fugitive slaves. In 1835, a group of Quincy residents created the first anti-slavery society in Illinois. The first of the three major Illinois Underground Railroad stations was organized there. In 1836, the abolitionist Mission Institute School was founded in the city. In fact, the institution's chapel was burned down to retaliate for the assistance the school and its students gave to runaway slaves. But haven or no haven, the Toltons still had to endure prejudice and anti-black prejudices in Quincy. Blacks were segregated in Negro districts in Illinois and approximately 300 blacks lived in Quincy's Negro district. Martha and her sons Charles and Augustus worked in the cigar factory. The oldest son, Charles, died at the age of 10, leaving Augustus the oldest surviving child. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Fools despise wisdom and instruction. Proverbs chapter 1, verse 7. The Toltons attended St. Boniface Church in Quincy. And when the cigar factory closed during the winter months, Mrs. Tolton was able to enroll Augustus in the church's Catholic school. But problems soon began. The presence of a black child in the school which served primarily German-Americans, caused an uproar. Children taunted young Augustus, now known as Gus, because he could not read and because he spoke differently than they did. White parents threatened to withdraw their children from the school and their membership from the church. Less than a month after Gus had enrolled in the school, his mother withdrew him. The family, though relegated to a corner in the narthex, continued to attend St. Boniface, and here Gus began to learn German. The pastor of St. Peter Church, Father Peter McGurr, a strong-willed Irish immigrant, in 1868, learned that Gus had been attending a small, run-down public school for blacks and insisted that Gus enroll in St. Peter Parish School. At St. Peter, parishioners also had a problem with a black teenager attending a previously all-white school. But Father McGurr told his parishioners the church was a haven for all and became Gus's patron. Gus made friends there and soon memorized the Latin Mass and its prayers. He made his first communion there and was confirmed in 1870. 
Guests assisted the priest during the daily celebrations of the Mass. Father McGurr noted Gus's piety and asked about his interest in pursuing the religious life. Gus discerned a calling. For even the Son of Man came not to be served but to serve, and to give his life as a ransom for many. Mark chapter 10 verse 45. Gus applied to become a candidate in the Franciscan order, and he sought admission to the seminary. In both endeavors, he was turned down. Father McGurr stepped in to assist and made inquiries to seminaries throughout the country, but none were ready to take a black student. Several Quincy priests began Gus's education on their own. Most of Quincy's black Catholics had stopped attending church by the early 1870s. Working with Father Michael Richard at St. Francis Church, Gus started a Sunday school that grew so popular that it had to be moved to an unoccupied former Protestant church not that far distant from St. Boniface Catholic Church. Finally, in 1878, at 24 years of age, Gus was able to enroll at St. Francis College today's Quincy University, and proceed with his education. Three Franciscan fathers provided Gus the education he would need on his journey to become a priest. But there were still no seminaries in the United States willing to enroll an African American after he completed his studies at St. Francis College. Petitions from two Quincy priests saved the day. They wrote to the superior cardinal of a seminary in Rome, which trained priests for mission work. The seminary, known as the Propaganda Fidei, accepted Gus, and he arrived in Rome on March 12, 1880. The seminary in Rome trained missionaries, and Gus expected to be assigned to Africa. During his six years at the seminary, he intensely studied African cultures and languages. However, the day before Gus's ordination, Cardinal Giovanni Simeone of the Propaganda Fidei told Gus that the Catholic Church was returning him to Quincy where Gus had been repeatedly denied just about everything because of his race. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. How then can they call on the one they have not believed in? And how can they believe in the one of whom they have not heard? And how can they hear without someone preaching to them? Romans chapter 10 verses 13 and 14. At that time, the Catholic Church considered the United States to be a mission country. The Cardinal in Rome knew of the many blacks in the U.S. who needed to be evangelized. And what better place exemplified that situation than Quincy, the city in Illinois where Gus had ministered to the black faithful before coming to Rome. The Cardinal explained, America has been called the most enlightened nation in the world. We shall see whether it deserves that honor. 
If the United States has never before seen a black priest, it must see one now. On Holy Saturday, April 24, 1886, 32-year-old Father Augustus Tolton was ordained at St. John Lateran Basilica, Rome. Cardinal Simeone arranged for the new priest to celebrate his first Mass in St. Peter's Basilica, the building most identified with Catholicism throughout the world. Father Gus returned to Quincy on July 17, 1886. He was the first black priest in the United States, and the welcome he received in his hometown reflected that. As the train arrived at the Quincy Depot, a brass band played Father Gus's favorite hymn since childhood, Holy God, We Praise Thy Name. A large crowd gathered to wave and cheer for the newly ordained spiritual leader. Father Gus took a carriage pulled by four white horses to St. Peter's Church, where he received a warm welcome from the city's school children, both Catholic and non-Catholic. Father Gus performed the morning mass the next day at St. Boniface Church before some of the same in a congregation that had shunned him years earlier because of his skin color. Gus's old friend, Father McGurr, preached a sermon. The story of a young African-American man's long and arduous path from slavery to the priesthood. For three and one half years, Father Gus led St. Joseph Church, a black mission church affiliated with St. Boniface. Father Gus was so popular that people of all races stood in line to have him hear their confessions, receive absolution, and his spiritual advice. Masses at St. Joseph were standing room only for blacks, whites, and even some non-Catholics. Father Gus welcomed them all, both because he cared for their eternal salvation and because of practical concerns. You see, the black parishioners had very little to offer for the church's collection. So Father Gus knew that his poor parish depended on the generosity of the whites to help pay for the work of the church and school. Jesus said to them, A prophet is not without honor except in his own town, among his relatives, and in his own home. Mark chapter 6, verse 4. But racism once more imposed itself in Father Gus's life. This time, it was Father Michael Weiss of St. Boniface. Father Weiss convinced the Diocese of Alton, of which Quincy was a part, to instruct Father Gus to minister only to blacks. That meant that Father Gus had to find other ways to finance St. Joseph. He scheduled speaking engagements in places like Washington, D.C., Baltimore, New York, Boston, and Galveston, places where people were interested in hearing about the nation's first black priest. Father Weiss was unsatisfied. Father Gus would certainly have liked to minister in a different area of the country, but his vow to obey his assignment from Rome prohibited that. Father Gus wrote to Cardinal Simeone in Rome and asked for a transfer. The Cardinal exchanged correspondence with the Bishop of Alton, who commended Father Gus, but complained, quote, he wants to establish a type of society here which is not feasible in this place. Cardinal Simeone in Rome finally permitted Father Gus's transfer to Chicago 
to serve part of that city's large black population. Father Gus left Quincy on December 19, 1889. Shortly thereafter, the church in Quincy he had pastored, St. Joseph, closed its doors permanently. Father Gus's mother Martha and sister Anne accompanied him to Chicago, and they were enthusiastically welcomed by Chicago Archbishop Patrick Fian. He raises the poor from the dust and lifts the needy from the ash heap. He seats them with princes, with the princes of his people. Psalm 113, verses 7 and 8. Father Gus immediately got to work in his new parish. By 1894, he had developed St. Monica a black Catholic parish of about 600 people that became a national beacon for black ministry. Father Gus made daily visits to the poor. He lived in a poorly furnished home and ate simple meals just as his parishioners did. A visiting priest reported that as soon as the evening meal was over, the exhausted Father Gus led prayers as they all knelt on the bare floor. Father Gus helped to support his church by earning honoraria for speaking engagements. He returned from a spiritual retreat for priests on Friday, July 9, 1897, with the temperatures topping 100 degrees. As Father Gus walked toward the rectory, he swayed and toppled to the sidewalk. Father Gus was taken to a nearby hospital. Despite the valiant efforts of doctors and nurses throughout the afternoon, he did not recover. Father Augustus Tolton died that night with his mother and sister at his bedside. In accordance with his wishes, Father Augustus' body was returned to Quincy on July 13, 1897, and he was buried in St. Peter's Cemetery there. You are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. Matthew chapter five, verses 14 through 16. For 114 years, Father Augustus Tolton rested quietly at that Quincy Cemetery, but events were unfolding that would bring his life to the forefront once more. On February 24, 2011, Cardinal Francis George of the Chicago Archdiocese signed a proclamation for the cause for the beatification and canonization of Father Augustus Tolton. It was the first step in Father Gus's path to sainthood in the Catholic Church. He had lived a servant's life of joy in the face of extreme hardship. On February 13, 2012, 
the Sacred Congregation for Causes of Saints at the Vatican granted the title of Servant of God to Father Gus, a second major step toward canonization. The Vatican authorized the Archdiocese to inquire into his life and virtues. Father Gus's body was exhumed on December 10, 2016, in another step in the march toward sainthood. Most recently, on June 11, 2019, Pope Francis moved Father Gus even closer to sainthood. The Pope signed a decree that elevated the Quincy priest's status to the venerable Father Augustus Tolton. Just one more step toward sainthood remains. Two miraculous healings must be confirmed that were directly linked to prayers of Father Gus's intercession, and when those miracles are confirmed, Father Gus will be declared a saint. I say of the holy people who are in the land, they are the noble ones in whom is all my delight. Psalm 16, verse 3. Father Augustus Tolton's life is a story of suffering. It also is a story of finding joy in the gospel in the face of such suffering by which Father Gus overcame prejudice to dedicate himself to selfless service to humanity. Father Augustus Tolton is poised to become America's first black saint in the Catholic Church. And to think that it all started when a penniless, formerly enslaved young man showed up in Quincy, Illinois and couldn't ignore a calling to a life of service to the church. Thank you for listening to this episode of Looking for Lincoln Stories, brought to you by Looking for Lincoln and the Abraham Lincoln National Heritage Area. This episode was written by David Blanchett, directed by Heather Fieser, and edited by Stephen Varble. Narration was provided by Springfield, Illinois actors Tony Young and Kevin Ford. Looking for Lincoln Stories highlights people, events, and places from Abraham Lincoln's life and times. These real-life narratives paint a picture of the vibrant history of the Abraham Lincoln National Heritage Area. To learn more about the area, visit lookingforlincoln.org.